Hello! Yes, welcome back everybody to Oh Yeah, Oh Yeah, the Entourage Podcast. I am your host, J.R. Hickey, coming to you from San Francisco, California, with this very special edition of Oh Yeah, Oh Yeah, the Season 2 recap episode. My good friend David Cavucci, political editor for The Daily Dot, joined me to break down everything we just discussed the past 12 weeks. Jesus, 12 weeks on the Entourage Podcast. We had a lot of fun with it. David is an old friend. Uh, We were both a little toasty late on a Wednesday night, so we're a little sloppier than usual this episode. It was still a lot of fun. We talked about all the good points of the season, the highs, the celebrity cameos, our favorite quotes, our favorite Johnny drama moments. You will not be disappointed. Thank you to everyone who listened to me and Kyle Banduho break down the movie career of Vincent Chase on Monday. If you haven't yet, check out that episode. That is genuinely one of my favorite episodes of this podcast that I've done so far. I'm looking forward to doing more special episodes like that in the uh, upcoming months, years, however long we're doing this. Two quick programming notes about today's episode. One, the audio quality is a little less than stellar. I don't know what was going on with David's audio. I think his microphone was rubbing against something, but you hear a lot of background noise, and I apologize. I do my best to clean that up in post-production. It will not be like that week over week. I promise you that. Secondly, at the beginning of the interview, David and I talked about my Manscaped read. Uh, Two episodes ago with John Duda when we broke down The Abyss, I did a 60-second read for Manscaped, and David was under the impression that that ad would be playing before today's episode. That remains to be seen. Um, Manscaped and I are still working out a contract, so just pretend like you heard that ad about me shaving my balls before this episode. How about that? If you haven't yet, go check out the Oh Yeah Pod Instagram and Twitter, at Oh Yeah Pod. I shared one of those face app aging pictures of Vinny and the crew, and Dodellen shared it, Jerry Ferrara shared it, got a lot of traction, so make sure you go follow those accounts if you haven't yet. Thanks for all the five-star reviews we've received so far. Tomorrow, big day, the 15-year anniversary of the Entourage pilot. The pilot debuted on July 18th, 2004. I was, I was hoping to land a pretty big interview for a special episode towards the end of this week. It doesn't look like that interview is going to happen, but it will happen sometime down the road. So apologies there. I'm going to be reposting the breakdown that me and Brandon Wenner did of the pilot episode of Entourage tomorrow. It's kind of the first thing we did. It's a little bit rough around the edges. There are some categories there that don't exist anymore. We're a little harder on the show than I probably would have liked to be on the onset, but it's a good listen nonetheless. So take a listen tomorrow. I'm going to repost that on this feed. That's it for me. Have a great weekend. Thank you guys for listening and enjoy the season two recap with David Cavucci. Welcome back everybody to a very special 15 year anniversary entourage pilot edition of Oh Yeah, Oh Yeah. I am talking today about all of season two. We're doing a brief season two recap before we dive in next week with season three. David Cavucci from The Daily Dot, formerly of Bro Bible, is back once again to join me to talk about our favorite show, Entourage. David, welcome back to the podcast. How you doing, man? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I got a, qu- I got a question about how you shave your nether regions based <laughs> off your ad. Um, <laughs> You said when you uh, shave your shaft, you nick your balls in the ad, and I really didn't understand how that worked. You know, when I'm trimming or in and around my shaft, just, I don't know if you know how this works, but the balls, are they're right there. <laughs> the words you said was, when I shave my shaft, one out of four times, I nick my balls. And I mean, I guess, you know, sometimes I nick my nose when I'm shaving my face. So, yeah, right, I get it. You, know, you get it. I've, I mean... I've, you're an editor. You're being you're being an editor right now. Like I, no. I'm gonna be honest with you. My balls are at the bottom of my shaft, David. Yeah, you're right. Damn it. Okay. Well, <laughs> so if I'm if welcome I'm shaving... to the entre- Welcome to Oh yeah, pod. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Jesus Christ. Did I didn't? I mean, did I tell you that this is airing the week of the 15 year anniversary of the Entourage pilot? No, but it is making me feel old as hell. So let's uh, let's roll season two, baby. Season two. I'm gonna do a quick synopsis of what we just went through as a podcast, and then David and I are gonna talk about. Sorry, it's real. the synopsis is like one sentence long. It's like Vince does Aquaman. <laughs> let, let me do my job. Okay, <laughs> you you, right. you do your job, pal. <laughs> sorry, no, man. I, it's been a long day. It's all good. Yeah, it's been been a long day for me too. We're recording this on a, on a Wednesday night, late for you. So let's dive in. So. We're going to do like a lot of the same categories you guys are familiar with, 
but we're going to stick to 10 of the positive ones. We're going to talk about like our favorite celebrity cameo from the season, our favorite episode from the season, our favorite quote, all the good stuff. I don't want to harp on like bad outfits or bad moments mm-hmm. or anything like that. So the answer to all three is Bono. It's best celebrity cameo. <laughs> don't ruin quote. it. Uh, uh, bury the lead. Okay. Quick synopsis of season two. So the second season of Entourage focuses on Vince's role in the film adaptation of the comic book Aquaman. Ari's inability to close the contract leads to trouble, but Vince manages to convince the film's director, James Cameron, that he is the right man for the job. However, New problems arise when the role of the leading lady goes to Mandy Moore, Vince's ex-girlfriend, for whom he still has feelings but is engaged to be married. Mandy and Vince resume their romance after Mandy's engagement shows signs of problems, but she eventually returns to her boyfriend. Initially devastated, Vince finds the will to go on with the film in the end of the season. <laughs> However, Ari has his own problems in the form of his boss and partner Terrence Matuit, who is trying to steal Vince away from Ari. Near the end of the season, their conflict reaches ahead, and Ari is fired from the agency after another agent, Adam Davies, leaks information that Ari was plotting against Terrence. E, meanwhile, Fucking begins asshole. dating Sloan, Matuit's daughter. Who's that? Davies. He's, a, he's an asshole. 100%. I, I've known a few Davies in my uh, my previous sales career. Meanwhile, Johnny Drama continues to become a star, even considering getting his tabs augmented. He's eventually dropped by his agent, Adam Davies, after Vince decides to stick with Ari after Ari is fired, and Turtle starts a career of his own as manager of the up-and-coming rapper Saigon. Did I miss anything, David? No, so I watched uh, all of season two in about six hours, and... uh... (laughs) in the past day so um which i appreciate man like I, I i was surprised when i texted you and i was like hey man would love you to come on and talk about season two you're like give me a day i want to watch all of it and i was like that's commitment to the pod i love the podcast but <laughs> i haven't listened to everyone it's okay uh, but i did my best to binge uh full disclosure i missed episode one and episode four uh <laughs> but everything else i got on lock so uh let's talk entourage what was your favorite moment overall from season two? And we can have a couple of them. We can discuss our favorite moments. I think it's got to be the drama arc in the Omandi episode. In terms of sort of the emotional uh, up and downs of it and the range drama exposed in it. You know, it, it sort of was almost a uh, whole season plot because it started with, you know, uh, the Cavs in My Maserati Does 185 yep. and it culminated in that audition and him getting the part. So I think, you know... Obviously, we already know that drama is the best part of this show, but that that arc this season really worked for me. You know, it, it exploded in a perfect way of him, you know, losing his fucking temper, going to jail, but still just being happy that he finally made it. Move your phone's ringing. Pick it up. Hey, Adam. No, you can't come to the phone. It's your agent. You booked the gig. I booked it. You booked it, motherfucker. We'll call you back. Yes. Step away from the car now. Hey, uh, you guys like Joe Montana? No, that that's like when you th- when you think of like classic early season entourage Johnny drama moments. Him doing ape shit on that PT cruiser with a uh, turtle's nine iron or E's nine iron was was classic. And, and I guess um, come to think of, so I actually watched the season backwards. I watched because uh, I I came on. <laughs> this is gonna sound so dumb. I came on for uh, Blue Balls Lagoon. Yep. I watched the Bar Mitzvah Blue Balls Lagoon going back. So I forgot that the, I just right now forgot that that plot ends with him uh, getting an erection with Brooke Shields. So that, <laughs> that plot actually sucks, man. It sucks for drama. Uh, yeah. I just had a memento moment here. Uh, <laughs> uh, watching that plot in reverse, it was fantastic. Yeah, at, at the end of that episode, oh, Mandy, you're like, it's all downhill from drama from here, but then he, he immediately blows it. That's what he does. He keeps, like, getting close and, and, and losing it, essentially. It's so frustrating. Uh, what was what was your favorite moment? I, I'm so partial to my Maserati does 185. I said mm-hmm. with the Chad Goes Deep guys that it's my favorite episode, and, and I think it's E's, like, mic drop moment at his ex-girlfriend's, like, apartment, and she's, like, acting all weird, and he basically finds out that she's cheating on him, and he as he's walking out the door, he does... <laughs> Just so you know, I didn't come over here to accuse you of anything. I came over here to confess. I would rather have been with you, but last night I got drunk and I fucked the perfect 10 model. And uh, I fucked her again this morning. See you later. To me, that's every man's dream. Every man who's ever been crushed by some girl who's been shitty to him. Like, it'd be great to just throw a one-up line, stick a dagger in a heart and twist mm-hmm. it and walk out the door. So I always liked that moment. Um, I always wished I could have had a moment like that when I was E's age. 
was Perfect Ten a thing in LA at the time? I, you know, because when he said yeah. that, I, uh, I had no idea what it was. And it just sounded like sort of braggadocious, like, oh, I fucked a Perfect Ten and a model. And I was like, dude, calm down. Like, they go hand in hand. Um, so Perfect like Ten it's... was a magazine. It was a, it okay. was a, it was like a classy, high end, like, you know, nude magazine, kind of in the vein of Playboy. Oh, it wasn't okay. like hardcore. Oh. Okay. I like that now. You fuck. Okay. Cool. Good for yeah. you. And I think that the, and they were known for like uh, promoting all natural girls, so no augmentation. And they had at their peak. It's such an early 2000s thing. I know. I know. Like the <laughs> Even today. to like Pam Anderson. Like, yeah. we're going to do no, oh. And at its peak, it had its own TV show on Showtime. Late night uh, wrestling with Perfect Ten Models, is, if I recall my notes correctly. <laughs> okay. Well, I believe you. I also want to give a special shout out to episode four of the season, uh, an offer refused. I think it's an offer refused. I can't. The names are gonna kind of mix together for me, but they're not great. They don't really line up with the episodes. They're not great, and, and they're not. Most of them aren't memorable. Yeah, it's not like Game of Thrones where you're like, ooh, you know, like you can recall that. Yeah. Yeah, Reigns of Castamere. Oh my God, look, I remember that. I'll remember that one forever. <laughs> Episode four, when Ari fires Peter Cole. Peter Cole in quotes, where he storms into Peter Cole's office and basically fires the mailboy. James Cameron is directing Aquaman. That's great. That that's awesome. That's awesome, huh? You didn't think to bring it up in the fucking staff meeting? An email? No, a yellow fucking sticky just, something? I didn't know I was supposed to know that kind of stuff. Well, what is it you're supposed to know, do you think, huh? I don't, what the fuck do we pay you for? To get your agency card laminated so you can go to shelter and try to fuck Misha Barton? I didn't, you know, I didn't think I, I didn't... Let me tell you something. You, you don't have to say anything. You know why? Because you pick up all your stuff... Because you're motherfucking fired. What happened? I don't know. I was, I was dropping off Peter's mail and then Mr. Gold fired me. My life is over. I mean that uh, that's that's an all-time top 10 Ari Gold moment for sure. That male guy is like a permanent faces in the crowd in movies, right? Cuz I yep. remember when I saw that posted to Instagram, like he just shows up everywhere, right? Yeah, and he also becomes Ari's assistant for like oh. two episodes when Lloyd leaves him. Oh, okay. I haven't I haven't gotten to that part on Twilight yet. You've watched the show though, David. Well, so for the longest time, I thought I'm learning something new about myself right now. This is amazing. For the longest time, I just thought I had stopped Entourage at like season three. Like over time, I was like, oh, I, I think I quit Entourage around season three. I think I said that to you on a podcast. Yep. And after we did the uh, Blue Balls Lagoon episode, I've been binging. It's been three weeks. I'm in season six right now. And I've still seen every episode. So I'm like, okay, so I watched Entourage through like season six at least. Like, I have no, I'm going to find out something about myself one day when an episode comes on that I haven't seen him. Like, quit Entourage in season seven. It's going to turn out I've seen every episode, I bet. And I'm like, oh, yep, I 100%. Like, I mean, season seven, we talked about is, I mean, that's the season when Vince goes off the deep end and you discussed how you don't remember that. I think I like absorbed so much of it, like sort of through osmosis in a way. Like, sure. I was around where it was on because I, you know, I, I've seen clips of Vince like making out with Sasha Gray. Probably yeah. I saw that while I was watching the episode. Uh, that was the clip I remember. Um, but I'm going to find out at some point, you should have me on for the first episode after I stopped watching Entourage. <laughs> um, Just let me know what that is and we'll uh, we'll schedule you in for 2021 after the election and everything. Oh, <laughs> you'll absolutely. be super, um, you'll and be then, super latched then. You know, obviously, uh, favorite moment, um, you know, Ari, just his big to-do leaving the agency. Most of you are sitting there and you're looking at this good-looking old man and you're wondering, who the fuck is he? And you know what? That's exactly what you should be doing. You all know who's been running this company for the past eight years. And you all know that when I go in no time, you will be repping nobodies like Bill from The Apprentice. No one needs to make a decision right now. I will be starting my own agency. Two very important goals will apply. To make everyone who is in at the ground floor rich and to burn this motherfucking place to the ground. Lloyd, are you with me? That plot, especially when I was, when I first watched it, I remember that plot like really worked for me. Like that was, you watch it now and it's a, it's a little less uh, tense, especially because you know what's going to happen. But this, at the time, like I really bought into the show. So this is two like top level Hollywood power players going at it and about to like have a giant split with the biggest movie star on the planet. Like that really was impactful. I know you sort of look at it now and it's a less, it's less um, good. But when you take yeah. when you watch it and take it at face value and remember like exactly what they're trying to portray and they were doing a decent job of it it was just a little more glamorous like that is two of the biggest like power players in Hollywood throwing down in an office like that's incredible 
that whole episode, Exodus, uh, episode 13 of season two, is like Terrence and Ari having a face-off. And like, neither of them really blinked. Like, Ari goes out on top. He has his meltdown in the garage afterwards, but that's in private with Lloyd. No, and, and it sets sets the stage for like, later on, Ari buys Terrence's company back in uh, season six. The one that you're in right now. <laughs> oh, shit. Spo- okay, so that is actually a spoiler. I think I remember See? that. See? Well, I shit, remember, I didn't know that. I think I remember that part happening. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'm telling you, I think I've You don't remember Ari going through the old office with the paintball gun? That's pretty iconic. I like, I have seen like the clips of it, yeah. So probably when I watched <laughs> it, yeah. Um, I do remember that. I have seen so much. I've probably seen all of it. This is the problem with like people who spend too much time on Twitter, like yourself and me, that like you've seen things without actually seeing them. You've seen like the highlights, you've seen the quotes, you've seen And also the... my memory doesn't exist anymore. Like anything that happened <laughs> yeah. after a day, I'm just like, I don't remember that. So it's a weird mix of like, oh, I remember all this from summer of two thousand five, but I don't remember what the president did yesterday. The perks of getting old. Yeah. What was your favorite bros being bros moment from the season? There were a couple good ones. There were some that were like to me. It's not my favorite bros being bros moment, but there were like in the Mandy plot, a lot of very accurate depictions of sort of guys hanging out and guys going through this. They're watching their friend going through it. You know, I think we talked about it in the episode we we're on when they were just sort of bothered that she came uh, oh, yeah. to the to the diner. Like just four. Uh, no, there's going to be five. There is. Yeah, Mandy's joining us. We're supposed to lay low, Vince. What if somebody takes a picture? Yeah. Relax. This is Jerry's, not the Ivy. Do you see any paparazzi? That's not like a, you know, bros being bros moment, but like that was like really well done, especially at the age, you know, they're all, I, I looked this up now if you talked about, it, they're all 28 in this. And drama claims he's 31, but that's not correct at all. <laughs> and like at that age, things like, obviously things matter more. And just a girl showing up to sit in on a 30 minute lunch can fucking ruin everything. Like, yeah. it just... It, it felt like everything was so important. And so I thought that depiction was fantastic. In terms of bros being bros moments, though. That's a bros being bros moment, dude. That's, I mean, it's not them coming together, but that's right. them being a normal group of guys. Yeah. That's what I would define that category as. Uh-huh. Well, then that's that's mine. That's it. In uh, episode 10, the bat mitzvah, I liked when they were kind of talking shit to each other in the Maserati yeah. on the way to the bat mitzvah. Yeah, I don't need you to back off. Oh, E. Don't wake a sleeping giant. Seriously, take the offer while it's hot on the table. Look, I had a connection with this girl, so what, she's just gonna flip to Vince? You have a 25-mile lead in the marathon. Once Vince laces up his shoes, it's over. At least if he bangs Sloan, he'll get over his obsession with Mandy. Might be worth the sacrifice to save the movie. Hey, look, Vince, if you wanna go for it, go for it. (laughs) Okay, fine, I will. Don't scare me, you famous fuck. I liked it, it's just that, like, machismo, like, competitiveness, that, like, exists in a group of guys for no fucking reason other than their own pride well something i realized and i didn't think about this until now but that is actually a callback to the sundance episode when they all meet the driver e and mm-hmm. vince are arguing about how they could like hook you know they could both hook up with her yep. and he says like oh i competed with the same girls for you in high school and, and vince is like no actually i let you have one because i remember the first time i watched it i thought e was just like gonna get crushed but like he has a subtle little confidence to him and like sure. he's not intimidated by vince even though when i watched it the first time i thought he was you know he has a little more confidence than you remember yeah. I mean, I think it's easy to have confidence when you're standing next to your, your movie star best friend. Yeah, but it's easy to like for the same girl. Yeah, but even then, like, it's not exactly the most well-said thing, but like the fallout pussy, as they call it, like, has got to be pretty good for these guys. They've probably gotten used to it at this point. So yeah. I agree. Like, yeah, they're both going for Sloan. He do- shouldn't have a chance, but he's probably got some dame because of years yeah. of being Vince's wingman. And at some point, you just sort of forget the fact, like, you stopped caring that your friend's famous. Like, when you're close with people, you're just like, <laughs> whatever, like, I'm still doing this on my own, even though, like, you forget the actual impetus and reason behind it. And you're just like, ah, fuck yep. you. Like, we, we get. You know. What was your favorite quote from this season? Oh, man. Um, there's a lot. So well, I loved your. Uh, when well, I was going through the run sheet, uh, there was a typo uh, on my Maserati does my Maserati does 185. It's Ari Gold talking about they're in the locker room and he's got to go home while they're talking about with Jamie Presley, Jamie Presley's party. And the, the quote you typed is, "It's actually anal sex night at the Gold, so I'm going to go home and punish my life." Uh, <laughs> he says wife, but like I like that so much of just like. He's like, maybe this is actually something my wife wants to do, and Ari's like thinks it's gay, and so he's like, <laughs> like I could see that, like yeah, I could see that. That's too. not what happened at all, but um, like, but that was a great one. Um, Drama's got some great lines in that episode too. I didn't buy yeah. the period, bro, and then all of his stuff about the calves. 
Uh-huh, uh, yeah. The tab lines are are just perfect. Nice. The tree trunks on that guy. Catch you guys later. And then he won't go in the water. Coming? Uh, have fun, bro. I don't want anyone to see my legs. Yeah, you really feel for him in that plot. Like, I he thinks like he needs us to to get his career back together. It's it's brutal. I mean, obviously the Stacy Larusso one with drama. He had a great season. You should have started dating her next week, bro. You could have saved yourself some coin. I remember I broke up with Stacy Larusso a week before Valentine's Day. I got back with her a week after. No chocolates, no roses, no class. Yeah, he he was on fire this season. <laughs> Just like the the names he has for, I think you talked about doing a pod for this, but the names he has for his ex girlfriends are are just fantastic. There are a couple like iconic lines too. Uh, episode ten, the bat mitzvah. Ari Gold says, "Smoke more weed, turtle. Seriously, smoke more weed." And then in episode five, you get to see one brief little scene in the looping station. This is in Neighbors, the iconic episode with Bob Saget Uh next door. You see Vince in Queens Boulevard. You kidding? I am Queens Boulevard. Which is pretty good. I had the guy I had on that episode, White Sox Dave from Barstool Sports, didn't really love that line. Didn't love Vince as a character, so I don't think it was. I think I listened to that episode. Yeah. Yeah, he was, he was a little bit of a hater, but it's okay. Well, it's hard. Teach their own. The other thing I'm uh, realizing in this rewatch is how little they actually show of the movies and art produced, and so yeah. like. He, if you don't nail it in that one thing, like it's going to come off bad. So like maybe they missed it. I thought it was okay. But like when you hear about these movies for months and all you're getting is, I mean, all they show of Aquaman next season is just that one shot of him walking the water. Like they either nail it or it's terrible. Yeah. Which is enough in these early seasons, the less they show the better. Cause yeah. then when you see Vince actually start to act in season five in smoke jumpers. And I talked about this with Kyle Banduho. We did a, uh, it's not out yet in oh, when we okay. are recording this, David, but it will have been out already. We did like a full breakdown of Vinny Chase's movie career yeah. and like his good performances and his bad performances. And we discussed at length how the, with Vince, less is better showing him acting. <laughs> yeah, he's um, always got a smile and he still has a fucked up tooth. Like it like goes in and out. I've been watching this and sometimes it's chips, sometimes it's not. You are, like, really on top of that tooth thing. You're the only guest that's brought up that tooth multiple times. And then, so if you want me to stop, you can stop having me on, but every time no. I want. Hey, you're, hey, by the way, I wanted to break this to you. You're our first three-time guest. You three-peated. Oh, so. Fantastic. Fantastic. Pat yourself on the back. Um, <laughs> one more. I want you to go to each of these agents discreetly. Say the words, Seatsy Fly. Seatsy Fly's yeah. bit, I think. Yeah, I still say that. Uh, it just is in the subconscious. Like, it's just one yep. of things that you don't even think about it, and it, it just comes out of your mouth, and you're just like, all right, Entourage did it for me. Let's talk about music. We have a playlist that's in the show notes of today's episode. It has every song we've ever discussed on this podcast. It's Spotify playlist. Go listen to it. Go follow it. Go download the songs you liked. Which songs from season two jumped out at you as being particularly good, David? Well, I don't want to steal uh, the thunder, but... Um... We all know what the winner of this is, but I, you know, City of Blinding Lights by U2, I, I think I went to that tour. Uh, I'm not sure. It, I'm not sure if I watched Entourage right when it came out or if this happened later, but I just realized I was watching season nine right before we started. I was like, the guy, the like dweeby guy asking drama about where. Now, where was Tarvald born? It's easy, Orkney. No, it's Northumbria. He's wearing yep. a shirt from that show. And the second I saw it, I was like, Wait a second, I was at that show because I remember that album so well. I remember listening to City of Blinding Lights like 20 times on iTunes before I went to the show. And just like, I was like, holy crap, I was there. Um, so that's obviously it. At the time, no one had heard Ponte Replay by Rihanna. And you yeah. thought that song was going to be huge. I was correct. That also happened. I'm going to pivot into season three real quick or four. When uh, Crank That by Soldier Boy came out, we was watching this. Yeah. I remember this. I was watching my dad's house. He was out of town. I had some friends over to watch that episode. And I heard that song and I said, that song is going to be huge. And my buddy next to me said, you're an idiot. And like, I still bring that up and he has no idea what I'm talking about, but I'm like, I Scott <laughs> Venner, music producer, has broken a couple of big songs on the show. We've talked about it. You know, famously, he breaks um, Good Life by Tanya West and T-Pain at the end of season four when they're all flying a tan. But so, City of Blinding Lights, Pwned to Replay, I'll let you take, uh, obviously, the clear winner this season. Wait, you, you're acting like there's, okay, you're, there's a clear winner for this season? It, it, Hold on. It, is Everyone agrees it's so seductive. 
<laughs> yes, it's so sad. I mean, we have talked about this actually, quite no, a lot. You might have gone for once in my life. I know you love that scene. But <laughs> it's... Yeah, no, so seductive being played on the 12-year-old's dance floor at the Bat Mitzvah, unedited by DJ Quick. We, uh, myself and Noah Darden Swartz had, had quite an interesting conversation about that. Just a real aggressive move. <laughs> it was perfect. I mean... Get the party started. But so is that not your favorite? I mean, I have a few. I also love Wanna Know by Obi Trice. It opens and closes the uh, Sundance episode. Yeah. I'm a bit like 90, not 90s, like early 2000s, like gangster rap, Eminem, D12, Obi Trice fan. So I, I really enjoyed it. Um, And it's one of those songs where if I were to hear it, I would picture the boys walking down the Salt Lake City runway. Yeah, absolutely. God, you you and your fucking so seductive. Yeah, I, <laughs> I remember that so well. Dodd Allen played three Rolling Stones songs in the three last episodes of season two. I was saying with um, uh, I was saying with John Duda, my guest in the finale, he must have bought like a block of Rolling Stones songs at once. Yeah. But Demi Shelter ending the season entirely while they drive out and then you see like Aquaman coming soon. I thought that was a really really cool moment. And then yeah, for once in my life, soft spot in my heart, played at my wedding. Absolutely. Uh, let's move on to celebrity cameos. This is one of those categories I do want to talk about best and okay. worst celebrity cameos um, from the season. So many. I, I mean, I'm just going to name some yeah. of them, and then we can talk about which ones were our favorite. There was Amanda Peet in episode one. You had Hugh Hefner and Ralph Macchio in the Aquamansion episode. Bob fucking Sadget, Peter Dinklage, James Cameron, Jesse Jane and her Pussy Patrol. Richard Schiff in the finale was one that me and John Duda talked about. Who did you like in particular? Uh, I mean, it still is incredible how many they had when you roll through that. Yeah, I don't think you've mentioned Brooke Shields. Uh, like they had yep, Brooke Shields. heavy hitters. I really liked, I kind of liked the Jamie Presley arc just because it was sort of that um, casual celebrity night where like two celebrities meet, yep. they talk about like a fundraiser and she's just having a raging party at her house. And like, I've done things like that where I've met someone I know and gone over the house and hung out but like this is just under the backdrop of like the coolest house and the most famous people it's like that like just her yep. just living her casual life which is in itself famous uh, i thought she was fantastic for it and she was kind of the perfect actress at the time she was like just getting off of my name is earl and she'd been in a, she was like it would have made sense for her and vince to like be interested in each other at the time and yeah just two beautiful people like making out on a beach and uh in California. What, what what's better than that? Nothing. But honestly, the winner, the crown to me, has to go to Bob Saget. Hey, welcome to the neighborhood. Hey, Bob Saget. There he is. Aquaman himself. Hey, you doing? I've been reading about you all morning, man. I, I live right next door. I'm a, I'm a big fan, Vince. So are my daughters. But do me a favor. <laughs> Don't fuck them. Don't you fuck my daughters. I'm just fucking with you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, of course, but. Uh... It, I, I think it's one of those things that, I mean, maybe it was one of the first times that people realized Bob Saget was not wholesome. I think I always sort of had heard that, that he had yeah. like a sort of filthy stand-up and just he was nothing like his full house character. But I bet for a lot of people, obviously because this wasn't the internet age, this was the first time they saw Bob Saget cursing and talking about sex, yeah. and it must have blown him away. Yeah, he's, you can tell he's like a lonely old rich man. Is anyone in that spot guy? I'm right in that store. <laughs> he just like, <laughs> seems like he wants to hang out. Like he plays it perfectly, and then he obviously becomes like a uh, you know a bit character in like the last season of the show. You spoiler alert: he's in in a lot of episode season eight. Of oh Entourage. shit! Can... Yeah, I can't wait. I should be there in like three days. Perfect. <laughs> it goes pretty quick. Don't you have more important things to be doing? I so Fourth of July weekend, I stayed in New York, and like I still did a ton of stuff. But like, it's like oh, I have. It was kind of perfect because like I went to a barbecue at uh, a guy's house, and then came back, like walked the dog, and was like, oh, I have an hour to kill before I go to the next. Three episodes of our podcast. So it was perfect for that. So like, yeah. I didn't stay in at all during the 4th of July, but I still wound up like, I also smoked some ribs on my fire yeah. escape. Nice. And I just like popped over and did like an entourage episode of looking out the window. So it was perfect for the July weekend, but I like, I got so far into it. <laughs> What's more American yeah, than that? Entourage like, and ribs. Yeah. Ribs, 4th of July, entourage. Uh, and Peter Dinklage was great. I forgot that he was in this. Yeah. We all loved you in the station agent, Peter. Fucking hope so. That's why I signed on with you people. Uh, well, if you would have signed on earlier, we could have slipped you into Bad Santa. Actually, I passed on that, though. Thank you. You're one of the biggest actors in this town, Peter. What is that, a play on words or something, dickhead? I tolerate agents. I don't like them. 
he went and blew up. Like this show was very um it I think it actually did have a very good grasp on Hollywood and fame. Fame and like just sort of the the unearthed stories that were going to be huge that they just kind of grabbed again, like Aquaman and the whole concept of superhero movies, you know, they went to Comic-Con where now like the biggest trailers in the world are debuted at Comic-Con and they were like looking at it like do we want to go to that? Like it just <laughs> Uh, you know, I don't know if it was a chicken or the egg thing. Like they might've been tailing some stuff that was happening in Hollywood that we had no idea about. Like they didn't just like say superhero movies were very big, but like they, the industry lines up well with it. Oh, there is definitely in the works. And I mean, far down the line, there is going to be a, an Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Episode about like the foresight of entourage, whether it's movies yeah. that came out, whether it's things that happened in pop culture, I, there's, it's so ahead of its time in terms of some of the yeah. things it predicts. This is going to be an aside, but do you count uh, Medellin and Narcos as sort of like they saw that like a Pablo Escobar yep. story like needed to be told? Okay, yeah. I, I was because I did, it, that did wind up being a Netflix show and not a. Uh, but you could see Vince like having like a four episode arc of trying to decide if he should go to Netflix or like stay in movies, yeah. like and film a Netflix show that bombs. <laughs> and like it doesn't matter because it's Netflix and it'll just be there forever, and then yeah. you can just do another thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. Who would you say was the worst celebrity cameo from the season? I mean, Polly Shore was fine. Yeah. Uh, I have a soft spot for Lamar Odom. I used to work for him. That's a random story. What? But, uh, What's that story? I used to ghostwrite. So this was in like 2010, 11. It was when the Lakers were winning championships yeah. with uh, that like Kobe, Derek yeah, Fisher, yeah. Lamar Odom team. Uh, and I had an unpaid internship ghostwriting blogs for Lamar Odom and Derek Fisher. So I'd like... <laughs> Uh, so you know, random. after like a, a win in the playoffs, like I would like, you know, thoughts from Lamar on the game. Oh my God. Like, <laughs> his agent would send me like quotes and I would just write them up and I did not get paid. That and sucks. Fucking, uh, it sucked so hard, but I, it was pivoting. I was trying to get into fucking sports writing. Uh, no, more just media in general. And like it wound up like helping my resume, but man, it sucked. Uh, but Lamar was okay. Hey, Lamar, what's up? Hey, I want to ask you, what, what do you do for your legs, man? What? How do you get them looking so good? Vince, man, your brother's a freak, man. <laughs> <laughs> Later, man. See you. There, were, there wasn't a bad one. You know, the Gary Busey stuff, uh, he comes up again a lot too. Yeah. And he's always hit or miss. He had already been in like a later episode in season one. In season one, so seeing him in the first episode of season two was just a little too soon for me. Yeah, and then he comes back. I, I don't love uh, the one-two punch of Danny Masterson and Pauly Shore at the Playboy Mansion party. Uh, Danny Masterson for very real reasons we won't talk about, and Pauly Shore just is like he's an antagonist of drama throughout like the course of the show, and like I don't know. I've never been a big Pauly Shore fan, to be honest with you. He had his moment, but it was not good. Yeah. Um, I just Googled Danny Masterson. Let's, yeah, let's get that, that story. Let's move on. I want to talk about new characters. We we have a new character award every episode, and a lot of new characters pop up in this season. You know, they, they flesh out the world that, like, Vince and the boys are living in. And I, I have five characters I want, to, I want to throw out there, and let's talk about who's our favorite overall. We've got Lloyd, Dana Gordon, Sloane McEwitt, Terrence McEwitt, or Barbara Miller, a.k.a. Babs. Who was your favorite of those five? Well, I just want to give them a shout out because they, you know, they really did find uh, a cast in season two. All these people uh, stay on for a long time and they're all great. Like, they're all great. I just want to give the award to everybody. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, for the course of the show, Lloyd is the best new character overall. Yep. But in this, if we're just going this season, it's Terrence. He's yeah. like a great foil to Audrey. Yep. He's an asshole he's filthy rich uh he is you know pulling the strings you know he's working the marionettes he's pulling the strings like he he's definitely it's lloyd for the show but for this season it's terrence yeah okay cool and like i know a lot of dudes will say like well why wouldn't you pick sloan she's the hottest i'm a more of a dana gordon guy to be honest with you i like the older women (laughs) (laughs) they're both fantastic uh dana is winds up being great photo ari Sloane, uh, I mean, at the time, I don't think there was anyone prettier working in TV or movie. Yep. She was just stunning. And like seeing that and being like, oh, if my friend was famous, I'd be that guy and I'd be dating her. Yeah. Like, that's awesome. Like yeah. all I just all I need is, you know, a couple different things and that could be me. Let's move on to Johnny Drama. What was your favorite Johnny Drama moment from season two? So he, I mean, he had so many great quotes, you know, obviously the uh, Cavs part in... Um, 
episode two, uh, him beating up uh, the guy's car. But in that same episode, uh, when they're shopping in Malibu to get the Fruit Loops, and he walks over to Joyce Brothers. <laughs> Dr. Brothers? Yes. Hi, I'm a big fan. Oh, thank you. This is kind of embarrassing, but sometimes I wake up in the morning fully tented. Any advice? Well, at your age, consider yourself lucky. My age? How fucking old do you think I am? And it's not even the like him getting upset about my age parts. The first part's like that's the best like sex question he came up like the most normal thing yeah. that happens. Yeah, to every man and, ever. <laughs> to every man, like to, as as long as you can go. Uh, and like for him to be like, okay, I'm gonna get her with this question is is a perfect encapsulation of his character. Like he just was like trying to come with something on the fly, and it was not good. Yeah. I you know when I had Fraser Tharp on, we talked about how in episode twelve, Drew Morning Sidon drama is a little bit of like a bad stereotype of a white guy trying to yeah. like fit in but some of the things he says like 5577 rodeo drive don't you mean rodeo south of jefferson it's called rodeo stop being so white drama trying to like outstool sidon's mom like i don't know I, I thought it was funny him didn't put in his place um was it, is that true? Do they call in like I've never been to LA? Do they call it rodeo and rodeo? Like I have no idea. I should ask my wife. She's from <laughs> she's from Southern California. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I also liked all of Johnny Drama at Comic Con. Just anyone looking at me? No. Keep watching. Someone will. Tarvold. Tarvold. It's on. You know, he thinks he's a hot shot at Tomaton, and he is. The whole episode, he's a hot shot. He, he lands Vanessa Angel. He's, like, mm-hmm. friends with the porn stars. Everyone's really impressed that he knows the porn stars. How the fuck do you know Jesse Jane? That was Lou with her and my burn through on that broad. Johnny, did you ever get with her? No, I wish. John, please tell me you've never been in the porno. No. We used to be in a scene study class at Howard Fine Studio. She's got great timing, bro. And his whole plot about, like, getting a tan, <laughs> and he just, like, burns himself to a crisp. We've certainly all been there. Yep. Uh, just think if you got the town under control and you show up around. Oh, yeah. So. It's bad. He's very relatable, too. So here's kind of a bigger question, and that is every week we talk about who won the episode, and we always say that like Vince can't win the episode week over week because he's the A-list movie star. He wins every episode. So who would you say won season two of Entourage overall? That's a good question. Uh, I don't want to go with E. I think it's one of those things where, like, the gang wins out, but no one actually individually does because Ari is going out on his own and has no idea what he's doing. Taren, Terrence technically got his agency back, but at what cost? Mm-hmm. Uh, Vince is about to go into a movie he doesn't want to do. And if you don't know what's going to happen in season three, you know, E like got him to do the movie and got his best friend back, which is fine. Turtle has a Saigon stuff going, but that's about to go off the rails. Yep. Um, and you don't know that, but he also, it doesn't seem like he hasn't had any of his like signing day shit yet. So, and like Saigon hasn't been played on the radio either. Like that, that came in season three. So, and drama obviously fucked up his movie of the week. (laughs) I think I'm going to go with no one. You're going to go with no one. Why do you, so why do you glaze over, why do you glaze over E? Uh, I mean, you're right. He did wind up with Sloan and got, but like other than that, he didn't do much aside from, you know, he did stand up to Harvey, uh, not Weinstein. Weingard. Uh, yeah. <laughs> According, you know, our lawyer said we can't say Weinstein. <laughs> Not Harvey Weinstein in Sundance. So he did, like, willingly convince Vince to do Aquaman. And Vince agreed to it. But, like, if you don't know what's going to happen in season three, you don't know he's about to, like, become the biggest movie star in the world. So, like, they're all sort of in limbo. Despite the, like, very obviously big uptick that the season ends on with a giant poster. Like, <laughs> it's a very... I don't think anyone won. David, I'm going to disagree with you. I'm going to give it to okay, E. Every, every week, <laughs> we every week the desk goes, I hate to say it, but E won this episode. And that was like oh. 70% of the episodes in season two. He gets a, he gets a Maserati in episode two yeah, from his buddy. Yeah, I forgot he about He convinces that his friend, who's completely against it, to do Aquaman, which gets them into a bigger house. He kind yeah. of beats Vince and gets Sloan. He gets a job offer to work with Terrence at Terrence's agency after Ari gets fired. Like... He, oh, yeah, yeah. This is when E's on his game, and it's not until the later seasons that I think people's complaints about E are warranted, where it's like, he doesn't really do much, he just kind of has relationship problems and whines a lot. Yeah. In these early stages of, like, Vince and Chase movie star's career, E is there, and Vince needs him. Like, Vince l- relies on him heavily. Yeah. I, I, I'm convinced. I was wrong. <laughs> you were wrong. I was right. We're moving on. Yeah, <laughs> 
what was the best episode from the season? 14 episodes, kind of a regular sized season of Entourage. We are entering season three, which is a two parter because of the writer's strike, which is a whopping 22 episodes. So long. It took me like two days. <laughs> I think we, we kind of glossed over talking here, but I think the best episode is the Sundance Kids. Like, yeah. When they like decide to ditch uh, the surfer movie because Josh Hartnett can't you know, stand on a surfboard, apparently. They are throwing everything. They're putting everything on the line. And then that moment when Turtle says James Cameron left, you felt that. like You felt like, oh, shit, he did leave. And then he calls from a helicopter and they're standing on top of the mountain. Call me Jim, Vince. <clears throat> okay, Jim. Uh... What's, what's happening? I can only stay for a bit of the film, but I've got to tell you, it was all I needed to see. How'd you like to come play Aquaman for me? Uh, sure, I, mean, I, I can do that for you. Fantastic. Let's get together next week and talk about it. Okay, great. Okay, Vince, I'll see you then. Looking forward to it. Talk to you later. Bye. Cameron just offered me Aquaman. Yeah, <laughs> yeah baby. Good job. Gotta figure out a way to get you off this mountain. We'll need you breaking your neck before you even start this movie. Are you kidding? We just got Aquaman. I'm raising the stakes. 10 G's to the first guy who gets down there. 10 G's? I'll give you a head start, turtle. Oh! <laughs> Since they wanna know. I mean, that is just Since like they know. drama and turtle get laid. Like, yeah. that is, there's great uh, Shauna stuff in it. You know, she's there, which is, makes sense your publicist is hanging around with you on sundance mm-hmm. um he you know he blows off that news conference that he's about to do uh it is i think it, that is the perfect entourage episode yeah i, I say that's one b to my maserati does 185 one okay. a i just it holds a special place in my heart it was like the first episode that we saw where like vince was interacting with celebrities and was being a celebrity sat courtside at the lakers game he goes to the Jamie Presley party. Uh, I just, yeah. it always encapsulated like Southern California living to me. And it, it like, this is so pathetic that I'm saying this out loud, but like <laughs> it struck a nerve to where I was like, I got to move to California. I was like in the cold in Chicago watching my Maserati does 185. And I was like, if I just moved to California, my life could be like this. Spoiler alert. And you did. Yeah. <laughs> I did it. But you didn't move to LA. I didn't move to well, LA. You live in California now, right? I'm in Northern California. Yeah, yeah so you moved to California. We'll yeah, I, I'm close. It's a five-hour drive. But yeah, no, Sundance kids, especially when they go off to another place when they're in when they're in tan, when they're in Vegas. Like good things happen when the squad is in yeah. a new location. Like the snowball fight thing was great. Like it had it had its small charms and it had its big uh, plot arcs. Nah, Vince, because they don't get half. I mean, they only get an eight. They get a ninth, you moron, or else Vince will get left with nothing. Good looking at E. Always saving me money. What would you say quickly was the worst episode of the season? Uh, one of the ones I didn't see. One, four, you know, just <laughs> of those. I honestly, I feel terrible. And this is probably part of the reason I brought you on. I'd probably say it's the episode that me and you broke down Blue Balls Lagoon, at least for me. Yeah, I didn't think it was that bad. You know, obviously I felt, I thought that like, especially when you look at in the, um, if you look at the lens of the entire season, that is sort of the culmination of drama's big arc and he fucks it up. Like that is actually kind of more impactful than if you just watch it, if you just analyze it on like uh, one episode scale. He wants to get his calves. He doesn't get them. He still gets the part. He's doing a movie of the week with Joe Montana and then he fucks it all up. Like, but it, whatever, that episode sucks. It's fine. It's it, like, there's the painting like plot, which is oh, bad. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Vin- Vince and oh. Mandy are like outed by, you know, by page six and everyone has to go into damage control mode. And like Vince and Mandy are being all gross at like her birthday. It just, it just didn't like, didn't resonate with me. And, um, yeah, there's a whole plot about, uh, the artist that we didn't know if was real or not. And Kevin Connolly confirmed it for me. I commented on Instagram. I saw. Yep. And I'd also say like a runner up to worst episode was an offer refuse, which is episode three. Um, it's 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 when drama goes on his plastic surgery appointment, which is funny. Yeah, well, I was a double victim. We used to say about pops, no child support, no calves. But they also like they like are at the Brando house and they like they go look at sharks and they talk to the interior decorator and it's all gonna cost a bunch of money. And the worst part is that it ends on this bullshit cliffhanger where like they're at the nightclub and the club promoter is like no no leo went to paris to talk to james cameron about some fish movie 
and everyone like looks at each other like, oh my god, that's Vince's movie, and like, yeah. you find out at the beginning of episode four that like, ah, just kidding, Leo's book. <laughs> like, it just was a weird cliffhanger to end on. So I, I wonder how much that happens in actual Hollywood. Not like that dramatically, but like it's a town full of gossip and rumors, and like you're out sure. with your friends, and your agent calls and just like. Don't alarm you, but you know yeah. Leo was about James Cameron, and then you know you wake up the next morning. Information is money in that town, so I could see I could see those things being realistic. That's true. That's true. They're not that kind of cliffhanger. They're not episode-ending cliffhangers. They're just yeah, like, they're not like dramatic enough for me, at least. Like Leo's meeting with Cameron, you'll probably still get a meeting after. Just do better than him. Like, don't worry about. It. Every episode of Oh Yeah, Oh Yeah, we give a, a grade, like a letter grade to the episode of Entourage we just watched. What would you give as a letter grade for this season, David? I think it's an A season. Uh, yeah. I'm actually partial to seasons three and four. Uh, mm-hmm. I know some people think this is like Apex Entourage. So if I was grading it overall, it'd probably be more of a, a B, but just when looking just at the season, it's an A-list season. It's fantastic. Yeah, it's an A. a- Maybe an A minus at the at the very least. It's I do consider this the apex of Entourage. Fourteen episodes and like twelve of them are bulletproof, like top twenty Entourage episodes in my opinion, and yeah. just some iconic ones with my Maserati, Aquamansion, Neighbors, and uh, the Sundance Kids. Mm-hmm. I mean those those are in the pantheon for like top ten uh, Entourage episodes. So it's it's like comfort food. Whenever I want to rewatch Entourage, I start with season two. Yeah, I well, I didn't watch season one. So. <laughs> You're all over the place, man. I watched the one episode we did, and then didn't watch it again until I got invited back. So, well, you know what? You're such a good guest. You're you're gonna be invited back. So, um, before we before we break, let's talk really quick about what we have to look forward to in season three. Now, I know most people listening to this have seen Entourage, but for those very few who are patient enough to listen to the podcast and wait every <laughs> wait to watch a new episode of Entourage every Sunday, which has got to be like two of you people. I'm thinking that I've watched Lost, but this these old Game of Thrones people are doing a Lost podcast, and I want to yep. like, rewatch Lost, but I just want to do it like slowly, like episode at a time while they put one out each week, but that has nothing to do with it. So maybe there are some people that are doing this. It requires a tremendous amount of self-control, self-control that I would not have. Um, but what we have to look forward to in season three, a couple things. Aquaman premieres, becomes a huge hit, Problems arise, however, when Medean, Vince's dream project about the life of Pablo Escobar, conflicts with the schedule of Aquaman 2. E's relationship with Sloane comes into question when he has a threesome with her and her friend Tori, and then tensions rise further when E is confronted by Sloane's stalker, in quotes, Seth Green oh, in Vegas. Man, the Seth Green plot was... It was only an episode long, but it was... Maybe Seth Green really was that annoying in, like, as a real person, but I was hoping, like... So Tevin Connolly and Seth Green are childhood friends. They both were child okay. actors in Hollywood. Gotcha. So um, Seth Green like kind of asked to be that type of shitty. He wanted to like push his friend around a little bit. It was like a choice that they made. Nice. That's the the tidbits we come for. Um, but like the the Alan stuff made sense to me. Like him just like trying to like string Vince along um, and like try and make him happy while Vince is trying to do a passion project. But he's got you know like he says a billion dollar franchise to protect. Uh, so I think I think that plot uh, was very well done and very realistic. And uh, oh, what are you kidding about? You know what you have to look forward to in season three. Tell me, Dom. Oh God, <laughs> that's it, man. I wasn't even gonna bring it up. <laughs> you are who is gonna be the Dom Award for worst character, worst new character for on Dom's the, for, the Dom, for Dom's, Dom's episode? episode? That's a good question. I'd love to get the actor on because he's a fantastic actor. He's fantastic and like. I just think it was like a, a weirdly written thing. And, and honestly, when I had Fraser Tharp on, he discussed, he he himself really likes those episodes because mm-hmm. he says he's around just long enough for him to get on your nerves and he doesn't show up again for five seasons. Right. I was surprised how short the arc was because I remember when it happened, I thought this was terrible and I really don't want this to keep going on. But it's like an episode and a half. Yep, exactly. It's really surprising and like people look back on it as like he's one of the worst TV characters, but really he was around for a total of like 35 minutes of screen time. <laughs> I mean, that's impre- That's how bad he was, but yeah, yeah, it's not as bad as you remember. And like, it's almost even a little more like plausible. He's like the shitty, like freeloader friend. Yeah, and uh, it's not, I... it's, it's you know, from a, you know, 5,000 yard vantage point. It's not a bad plot to introduce like a, a friend from back home coming in late and trying to mooch a little bit. Yeah. But I think it just, 
season two had been such a delight and had been such a feel good season that like introducing him and he just introduced early. He's in episode three of season three. Yeah. They're writing so high. Like he is suddenly the biggest actor in the world and they bring him like, they they don't even get to enjoy that for a minute. Exactly. A couple more things that happened in season three drama finally lands his bid break. He signed on to his new TV series, five towns turtles career as a music manager ends unceremoniously. And after Ari introduces E to washed-up producer Bob Ryan, E discovers that Bob Ryan has a script about the punk band The Ramones, and Vince has the opportunity to play Joey Ramone. Yeah. I'll leave it at that. Everyone knows what happens at the end of season 3A and into 3B, but we'll, we'll, those will be the teasers for next uh, next season. And we're going to start with Aquaman uh, next Monday. I have a great desk for Aquaman. <clears throat> Aquaman. I have even bigger desks for One Day in the Valley, which is an iconic Entourage episode the week after that. So make sure you guys tune in. Oh yeah, oh yeah, every Monday morning. Uh, can you tease your Aquaman guest? Or uh, is it... Yeah, uh, New York comedian, another big-time comedian. Uh, shoot, that's that's all I'm going to say for right now. Uh, uh, comedians are, are some of the best. All right, I will, uh, I'll let you have it. Sorry for asking. No worries. David, thank you for joining us again for the Season 2 recap, the Entourage Season 2 recap episode of Oh Yeah, Oh Yeah. As the uh, 2020 election gets closer, I realize that you are not going to be as available, so I want to try to fit you in a few more times before the show comes to an end. I'll do whatever I can. Uh, well, thanks, man. We'll talk to you soon. Yeah, all right. Thanks for having me.